This is Amateur Logic, episode 95 for September 15th, 2016. This episode of Amateur Logic was brought to you by MFJ, the world leaders in ham radio accessories at mfjenterprises.com. And by ICOM. September is National Preparedness Month. Take action and prepare now. Good evening and welcome to another episode of Amateur Logic. I'm George. I'm Tommy. I'm Peter. I'm Emil. And we have, as always, a great show lined up for you tonight. We never have anything otherwise. Let me just say, this one is going to be out of this world. All right. And nobody knows why I'm saying that except Emil. <laughs> he's kind of he's shaking his head over there. That kind of worries me when he's laughing behind me, behind my back back there. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, great to be back. We've got a lot going on tonight. Uh, I do want to mention anytime we're doing a show and we're, well, now we actually stream them live while we're shooting them. Yep. It's a, usually a pretty bumpy ride and a lot gets edited out, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's there nonetheless. Bumpy's a nice way to put it. Yeah. Enter at your mm. own risk. Yeah. We'll just put it that way. Anytime we're doing that, though, we've got a chat room going, amateurlogic.tv slash chat. Good group of folks over in there right now throwing food and uh, creating a general uproar. Yeah. But, uh, you Just know. minor havoc. Yep. Yep. That keeps us going, though. Yeah. And I see some people from across the room in the in the uh, YouTube chat, and we, we can't really monitor that while we're on the air. So if you're over there, come join the other chat that you see the URL on the screen for now. So. So you can kind of participate with the rest of the gang. Yep. I hear children outside there, and uh, those aren't mine. Mine are a little bit older than that now. They don't scream like that anymore? Not usually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, oh, we got this stuff sitting here that's in the way, Tommy. Yeah. I, I need to take this onto the house and get it off the table here, get it out of the way. We're coming up on the 11th anniversary here. And let's see, that's next month. Wow, man. 11th anniversary. 11th anniversary. That's amazing. You know, we were watching uh, episodes 6 and 7 tonight before we actually started uh, shooting this show. We looked a lot different back then. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of a minor understatement. That's back when you looked like Chuck Norris and I looked more like George Clooney. (laughs) Yeah, that was a long time back. (laughs) That was. That was even before uh, Peter was with us. Yeah. That yeah, was yeah that's time. why Jimmy was still with us. Yeah, I don't remember those episodes. You'll have to go back and review email. Oh, okay. Yeah. Get you get you a magazine and, and hold it up and compare. You'll be able to see the resemblance, I'm sure. Oh, uh, uh, okay. Yeah. A magazine? Yeah, for the George Clooney pictures. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I think that's what he was talking about. That That is. Well, sort of. Maybe. 
Anyway, we were talking about this stuff right here. We've got stuff to give away, you know. It's um, it's 11th anniversary. We've got an IC7300. One of the Amateur Logic Field Day yep. radios. Yep. It's been uh, tried and lightly, lightly tested. Lightly tested. Good results. We've got all the stuff to go with it from MFJ, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later in the show tonight. It's going to be a great prize for somebody. It is. It really is. We appreciate them, uh, both companies, ICOM and MFJ, for supporting this contest and supporting Amateur Logic. Couldn't do it without them. Yeah. Good chance we wouldn't be here for this 11th year. It is true. Yeah. Well... You know, we were recently at Huntsville. We didn't see you over there, though. Yeah, unfortunately, my work schedule kind of interfered with me going. Yeah, Peter, we didn't see you over there either. Well, it's no matter of it being on the other side of the world. <laughs> and, uh, unfortunately, I'm not really financed to go bouncing around the world every every year, so I have to pass on that. Well, we did see a lot of friends over there. Uh, email was one of them. We, we've got just a little clip of that. No. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that. that. I really hate I missed it this year, but count on me being there next year. All right. I've already got it penciled in on the calendar. All right. Well, I, I met a lot of great folks there. i got a few photos here. Let's, um, oh, cool. let's take a look at a few of these. Look, he's wearing the colors, Tommy. Oh, that is a sharp-dressed fellow right there. That's uh, Kevin, K4IVE. He may even be in the chat room right now. I think he had threatened. Yeah, he's in there. Threatened to be in there. He is in yeah. there. Oh, okay, that's Kevin. We talked to on EchoLink sometime. Yeah, hi okay. Kevin. We met over at Huntsville, and you can see I had on the wrong colors for this show that yeah, day. Yeah, what's up with that? Well, everything was looking a little blurry to me that day. Even my <laughs> call sign, you know. <laughs> yeah, I see that. But uh, it's been moving pretty fast. It it was. <laughs> yep. <laughs> anyway, it was good to see Kevin there. I also saw an old friend. He wasn't wearing the colors, but this is a guy I met years ago on the air on 80 meters. We used to talk a lot at night. Uh, this is Ken, N4ZED. And I did have the colors on. You see how quick I changed shirts there? Yeah, you you caught that. What did you do, run into the phone booth and switch out real fast? I could have been. Could have been. Anyway, it was good to see Ken there. We had never met before. It was our first time to meet in person. So, cool. Uh, great to see him, which is, you know, happens at a lot of ham fest. You meet folks that you never really, you've talked to them before, but you've never met them in person. Well, that's the, the gear and stuff. That's great stuff. But really meeting some of the people you talk to and putting a face to them, that's, that's the fun part to yep. me. Here's another one right Ooh. here. This is John, and he's got the colors on. He does. KK4WZ. He might have, uh, was he in the chat room? No, it's not WZ. It's KK4VVZ. And, yeah, John is in the chat room there. So, All right. Uh, yeah, it was great to see you there. and uh, Looking good, John. S- styling and profiling. Yeah. I got one more guy here, Tommy. This one, he was kind of disappointed that you did not show up for the Huntsville Ham Fest. As was I. He was really looking for you because he had to show off something new that he had okay and that's arnie arnie and looking look. good looking good man <laughs> yeah. you have never looked better the official n5 z and o goatee goatee yeah. yeah looking good arnie yeah he's probably in the chat room too it's yeah. a good chance he's in there he usually is yeah 
Yeah, hey, I missed you guys. Uh, next yeah. year. Next year. Well, that's not the only people I saw there. I saw a lot of other folks, but those are some that we just happened to have a camera handy and snapped a few shots of. Yeah. And, uh, it's always great to see folks wearing uh, amateur logic swag. And, and the goatees. And the goatees, yeah. yeah. You know, I don't do that. You should it's, try it. It's pr- well, it didn't really work out last time I did. Is so, it? No, no. So I, I kind of stay away from that. But I haven't stayed away from the emails, and we've got a few here tonight. I'll take this first one here, Tommy. Okay. And uh, this one, who does this one come from? It's Dave, K-A-T-N. And he says, George, what do you use for surface mount soldering? Well, Dave, uh, I've used different things. What I use most of the time is a hot air rework station. I I should have had a picture here for that. I don't, but I, I use one that I got from MCM Electronics. It's a Tenma brand. You can find them on sale for around 59 bucks. I've actually used a hot air embossing tool before. Worked virtually uh, just about as well. Just can't control the temperature quite as good. You can find those for around $20 at Hobby Lobby and places like that. Uh, you can do it in an oven, although I have never used that method. And I've also bought a tiny tip for my soldering iron, and I've used my soldering station before to do it. And that that worked out okay. It's it's a little more difficult on some things. Yeah. Well, you gotta have you got to have some kind of accessory to stabilize your hand, too, right? You do. You do, and if you if you go back and uh, review the episode, you'll see where I've done some of those. I things. I just couldn't even imagine. It's yeah, it's pretty tight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, on the point of surface mount soldering, I've had an idea that might actually solve um, part of the or get over some of the difficulty with surface mount. And that is, have you ever tried putting a little bit of blue tack? on the end of the um, the resistor or the capacitor or whatever, yeah, some, and then t- just to hold it in place. Some folks have done that. I've, I've seen that oh, so before. So it slide? Yeah. Some folks will uh, super glue them down to the board. I don't... Oh, yeah. I haven't that done either one of those. Tommy, I know you've got an email there, but we're about to forget something. We oh, were, yeah? We were talking about the hospital ham fest earlier. Um, you know, I didn't get a lot of video from there this year. I'd planned to. We got a little bit of stuff shot there, but right after lunch on Saturday, I got a call from the radio station, and uh, I've got six stations here in Jackson. All six of them were off the air. Uh-huh. We've got a T1 that feeds audio over to a common tower that sends the audio out to all the other stations, and uh, T1 got cut. Mm. Copper Thieves went in there and uh, tore up two of the pedestals. Right on the side of the street on a Saturday afternoon, took the T1 out. And so I ended up spending most of Saturday afternoon on the telephone talking the guys back here in Jackson through how to get something set up temporarily to get the stations back on. Oh, wow. So I really didn't get to shoot as much video as I wanted to. And then I got back home Sunday night. They had repaired it temporarily. They had just run a, a piece of cable across the street. Over oh. to the to the building. Yeah, that sounds very temporary. That does sound very temporary. As a matter of fact, uh, Tuesday, uh, the city decided to pave that street. <laughs> so by the time they had run over that wire a few times with the steamroller, it was history. 
and we were off the air again. Wow. So now I've got a, a better backup in place for that. Cool. But I saw another friend there that we saw last year. You remember our, our uh, friend, uh, Cincinnati Short Rib. Yeah, Chris. Chris. His his whole family was there. Yeah. And uh, Jocelyn, his father, brought me a present here. Yeah, after being from on Cincinnati. Nice. After Mike, you know, sent us all the Canadian stuff. And, uh, you know, because Peter had sent us Australian stuff. So now you got something from ago. the country of Cincinnati? Now we've got something, yeah, from the this country of Cincinnati. Awesome. <laughs> and uh, this is, let's see, what does it say it is? Brewmaster's Choice, Create Your Own Beer Sampler. And I guess they say that because none of them are the same in here. Now let me just say right now, this was a a uh, a matched set. Oh yeah. <laughs> but uh, Wayne and Vince, you know, they were riding with me on the way by. Oh, so, you so taste test. Yeah, a couple of them. of them are missing here. But I thought maybe you may have got into it on the first and the last of your phone call. You were just telling yeah. me about. Here you go. Help. Look at those. Let's see. Uh, India Pale Ale. India? Here, show, show it to the camera. Christian Moreland. Never heard of it. Look, it's transparent. <laughs> it you is. You can almost it? see Peter through it. Yeah. It's <laughs> actually green, but... Yeah, it's very... It's Well, that's not helping. Here, yeah. There you go. Boy, cool. it's, it's green screen. It's green. very, very green. It's an IPA. Yep. You got another India one India Pale Indian Pale Ale. I only recently knew what that meant. Here, let's look at one of mine here. This is, uh, boy, this one's almost transparent, too. So, yeah. This one is Mad Tree, Mad Tree Brewing Company, Psychotherapy India Pale Ale. This could come in handy after the show. Yeah. Indian Pale Ale. No, it's not psychotherapy. It's psychopathy. Psychopathy. Okay. Well, psycho- th- if that was psychotherapy, I'd probably take that one. <laughs> uh, you got another one Yeah, there. I got Rhine Geist. It's like a African African uh, animal. In uh, German, all mixed in a, one, huh? A, the, the spirit of an African animal is a Rhine Geist. Runner guy, since he made. Yeah, Cougar Blonde Ale. Interesting. That's that's. I've never seen any of these before. I'm not really a beer connoisseur. I, don't, I barely drink anything at all. But uh, yeah. it's kind of kind of neat. Well, I've got one more here, and uh, this one, Christian Morline, Morlin. Yeah, oh, the same brand the as Rhine. the green one here. Yep. O T R on the Rhine. So over the, over the Rhine. I have never seen any of these interesting. brews before. Now, there's there's one interesting note here. What, what was in the two vacant slots? You know, I don't know what it is, but it was probably the best two that were in there, and Vince and Wayne picked them out. <laughs> um, 5.8%. Oh, wow. So That's stout. Yeah, I think it is. Anyway, which were you going to try, Tommy? I don't know. The green one looks the most interesting on camera. Well, it does, and it looks less filling, too. It does. <laughs> this is very light. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Well, whichever you want, man. I 
I don't know, over the Rhine? Is that like a watermelon Rhine, or what do you think they mean there? Possibly. The color kind of makes me think of it. Yeah. I think I'll try it. Okay. Although the psychopathy, psychopathy, I don't know, that sounds interesting too. But I'll call that psychotherapy. I'd, I would probably try that one. I All need right. some psychotherapy. Well, here you go. It, it looks less filling as yeah, well. Yeah, there you go. I'm going for the rhino guys. It's almost Halloween time. Yeah. This is going to turn into a food show before you know it. <laughs> wow, I saw that. That is unlike any beer I have ever tasted Did you see before. that double take? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what to what to say about that. Mine tastes like beer. Em, embrace the madness. <laughs> if I bought a six pack of this, I would be pretty bad. You start acting kind of weird over there, man. The madness. I don't know. This one tastes like it would go good with Vegemite or Marmite. Yeah. We probably got some of that still stuck around here somewhere. Want to make you a big old sandwich of it to go with it? <laughs> I don't know. At least I could wash it down. Oh, there you go. Boy, Peter's got a giant size. Golly, that's the jumbo size. Oh, Ozzy might. What is that? What's the difference? He's tell us about it in a little bit. When we get to my my uh, email, okay. I'll explain. Okay, yeah. good, fair enough. All right, we're back to the emails, and tell me, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to be able to drink this. Yeah, I'm sorry, <laughs> Jocelyn, but uh, boy, I don't even know what to make of that. Anyway, mine kind of tastes like like uh, regular Budweiser back from back when I used to drink it. This one doesn't. I would. For some reason, cold cream comes to mind. <laughs> you know, it's not my favorite flavor for beer. Yeah, try the watermelon one. Yeah, we'll try it in a minute. All right, so you got an email there for us? I do. I got one. Oh, speaking of, speaking of down under, this is from our friend Dex, ZL2DEX. That's he, the other down under, right? The other down That's way down under. That's farther than, than Peter. Yeah. Just a little bit down south of him. Uh, it said, uh, hi, hi, Tommy and George. Your experience with Peter's earlier gift may have given you a bum steer. So Google, tonight show Jackman to see Hugh Jackman demonstrate live how to do the Vegemite thing properly. His dosage level would be right for the beginner, but the customized aficionado will go to the full level teaspoon or greater on a whole slice. Also, check Wikipedia for the Vegemite story and history. Quite some controversy there. So, uh, I did Google that, and I, I found the video, and I watched it. I, and, I watched the video, too. Yeah, yeah and their, uh, their mileage varied a lot different than ours. So, yeah. he, they, he actually liked it. But uh, who would have ever figured... Uh, actually, I, I answered back to Dex, and I told him that uh, who would figure Jimmy Fallon would try to copycat one of our segments. You just never know, yeah. you know. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, surely I know he didn't copycat it, but uh, it was close. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, thanks for the email, Dex. Yeah, thanks for the email. Tell you what, I've got a little uh, clip here, one of the very few that I shot in Huntsville. Okay. 
And this just happens to have, oh, somebody that just could be hanging around here on a TV set tonight. Who could it be? <laughs> Cheap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we met Peter for the first time ever last year in person. Uh-huh. Well, I met somebody else for the first time ever live in person this year. Well, Vince, we made it. Yeah, we, we did. We already knew Vince. Yeah, we knew him. Another ham fest. Looking forward to a big one here. Somewhere here is KG5RE Wayne. He's taking a test this morning, isn't he? He is. He's taking his extra class. And he should be taking it uh, pretty shortly here. And you just took yours. I did. I did. Not today, but recently. Yeah, I, I took it uh, about a week and a half ago at my local club. And aced it. Supposedly, yes, I aced it. Well, congratulations. There's also another guy in here, that cheap old man, is in here somewhere, and I'm sure he's beating up somebody on price on something. Yep, I, he's here. I've seen him. I couldn't catch up to him, but uh, he's here. Well, let's let's see if we can hunt him down. He ought to be easy enough to find. I think so. We'll just look for dropping prices. <laughs> well, Tommy didn't come this year, and neither did Peter, but... Look who we found. It's the cheap old man. Hi, Emil. How you doing, George? First first visit to Huntsville? First visit to Huntsville in this ham fest. And uh, I got to say, um, wow, this is on a different scale than what I'm used to. It is. It, this is a really nice ham fest. Um, I, th- there's some cheap stuff in there now. I know because I've seen it. But I don't see you carrying anything yet. Have you got a game plan? I got a game plan. In fact, there's at least four or five devices in there right now that I'm watching. Not not too many people are touching it, so I, I've got a plan to wait them out, smoke them out maybe tomorrow, and see if those prices come down a little bit. Okay. So so what do you think about it? I know you were looking at the TNCs pretty hard, and, and now 15 or $20, I'm thinking that's a pretty good price. Am, oh. I, am I wrong? You're not wrong. I mean, that is a pretty good price, but the cheap old man has standards. If it's above zero, I mean, I, I got to wait it out. It's kind of in your contract, huh? It is. It's a requirement and an, uh, a performance contract, yes. Yeah. Well, how was your trip over here? We, I, we both came from generally the same direction to get here, but we were, I don't know, an hour, hour and a half ahead of you, so we really didn't get to talk on the radio. Yeah, uh, the trip was good. Um, I was able to make some HF contacts in the car, a couple of uh, special event stations and NPOTA uh, contacts on 20 meters. That's pretty much all I have in the, uh, the cheap old man mobile. But uh, it was wet coming up here, a lot of uh, squalls and slowdowns. But uh, to be expected, I guess, around this time in this uh, heat. Same for us. It seemed like every five minutes we are in a new rainstorm, but... Uh, we got through it all and got over here, and you've been on the show now for a while, and you and I have talked on the radio for a good number of years, but we never met in person till till here. That's right. That's right. There's a first for everything, and uh, first ham fast, first to meet you guys in person, which is uh, awesome. So thanks, thanks for the show. I got I got to hand it to you. It's uh. It's been it's been a ride ever since I started. Uh, actually, since I became a ham. But when I saw you guys show, it was just something about it that caught my eye. So I figured, let me throw my hat in the ring and start submitting some segments. 
Well, you know, you really bring a certain value to the show with your content, Emil. Certain cheapness? Yeah. All right, yeah, yeah. You kind of um, add a, a certain realism to it. Yeah, I do I do like um, finding, if you will, I guess abstract uh, ideas, putting them together and seeing how cheaply I can get away with doing that. Yeah. The pole noodle thing, though, that got me, I first time I watched it, I was not paying attention. I was, I said, wait a minute now, he's using a pool noodle for an antenna? No, they're not, they don't make very good resonators. No, I didn't think so. <laughs> but it, it was, for me at the time, uh, it, for field day, it was coming up, and I figured, let me try to get something that's going to uh, help me put one of my disc cone mounts that was too big for the top section of that MFJ uh, telescoping pole. So I said, gee, I wonder what else has that diameter or inner diameter. And I, sure enough, the pool's sitting right there. So I grab a pool noodle, just put it over the top of it, and it worked great. And as a bonus, it's a fun kid's toy too, isn't it? It is. It is. Uh, I think I might have had maybe made one of my uh, kids mad taking that pool noodle away, but oh well. Yeah. <laughs> They're cheap. <laughs> well, let's let's look around here, see if we can find anything cheap, anything to get into. I'm game, and thanks for everything you guys do. Thank you. Well, I sure hate I missed that. You did. You yeah. missed it completely. I'm gonna hook up with you at one of these ham fests sooner sooner or later, Emil. All right, Tommy, no doubt. And uh, you know, the guys, that strategy did pay off because I I did happen to get my uh, TNC here from that vendor in the uh, flea market. Which was an awesome uh, place. That flea market is really something else. I, I noticed, uh, I think maybe, George, you might have some footage of some of that as well. Maybe. I don't know. But uh, anyway, that strategy paid off. I uh, brought <laughs> home some pieces, parts over here. Cool. Well, actually, no, I don't have any footage of hardly anything, Emil, because of my Saturday being spent on the telephone. Um and I saw you walking around with the camera. Are we going to see any of that stuff in the future? Yes. Uh, you know, this is um, part of my my HamFest experience. Not only it was on a different scale, but at Huntsville, it was also out of this world. Okay. Awesome. Well, we'll talk more about that in a minute. Okay. Um, I am not going to be able to drink this. Thanks for the, the thought, Jocelyn. Feeling kind of psychotic? Uh, feeling kind of psychotic, but uh, you know, my, there's no wrinkles down in my throat now. Uh, <laughs> the cold cream must work. I'm gonna try this other one because I gotta wash that down. I don't have any Vegemite handy. Oh yeah, yeah. You should always keep some on the shelf like Peter does. He keeps it on the shelf right behind him so he can reach back there and grab it at a moment's notice. Yep. <laughs> kind of transparent now this tastes more <clears throat> like a, a beer i guess i should should i try this one if you want to third wave i think that was a movie wasn't it i don't Alien know movie. yeah this tastes like an old school budweiser here maybe That's kind of what the split. other one tastes like yeah christian moerling third wave brewed in cincinnati ohio yep and with uh, 5.8% alcohol, I will be able to recommend this later in the show. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but this one, 
Does it taste the like snack melon? Up therapy, huh? Does it taste like melon? No, not at all. It tastes like Budweiser. This one has the slightest hint of like a apple or something. Can I smell that? Yeah. I can't really smell it. That smell one? That one, yeah. We keep waiting for an apple to come fly yeah, across I'm the good. road and hit you in the head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Peter, I, I think you've got a Facebook post here for us tonight, don't you? From Greg. And Greg says, um, George, Tommy, Emil, Mike, uh, Peter's Aussie. He already knows, and he does. Uh, with reference to your fine cuisine this episode, yummy, below is the Aussie version. And uh, basically, uh, he mentions three things. The first is French fries, which you can see on the left of the screen there, formerly straws. Then the second is twisties, which are uh, one of my favourites, personally, yum, uh, which is your cheesies. And the third, and I've actually got a, a jar of the stuff here with, with me, is Aussie Mite. And... Um, he mentions that uh, Dick Smith, who's actually the producer of Aussie Bite, just won a court case, and he reckons some overseas person tried to stop uh, Dick from using his own brand name. Well, I'm going to have to correct that, because in fact, uh, the other, or the, the competitor to um, uh, uh, both Vegemite and Aussie Bite, and the subject of that court case was a South Australian company called uh, Aussie Mite, A-U-S-S-I-E-M-I-T-E. And um, so there, there was a dispute, a, a trademark dispute between uh, two Australian companies. Anyway, I've tried personally the, uh, the Aussie Mite, and uh, it does actually have a slightly different flavour, in my opinion, to the uh, Vegemite. It's just slightly more beefy, if I can put it in those terms, like a, a stock cube. But um, look, it's quite an adequate substitute, and um, yeah, both are quite good. So can can recommend them. Hmm. And th- yeah. thanks for the email, uh, Greg, or the rather the Facebook post. So, um, Dick Smith was that the electronics company that was over there at one point? Yeah, and in fact, look, there's a whole saga regarding Dick Smith. Um, Dick, Dick Smith. Uh, Dick Smith is a famous aviator, uh, entrepreneur. Um, uh, he's done a whole lot of different things in his life. Very famous Australian, and also uh, VK2, I think, DIK. He's actually an amateur radio operator. Uh, anyway, he uh, he sold it. He started elect- electronics, um, what do you call it, uh, uh, chain of stores back in the 70s and uh, sold out to Woolworths uh, some years later. Uh, then eventually the, um, uh, the, the Woolworths uh, sold out that to a um, uh, what is it? Uh, a, what do you call it, a private equity firm that floated the company, and then uh, sometime later the company went into liquidation. So um, Dick Smith is now, I think, a brand name owned by an online store. But uh, yeah, it was. Um, There's still, I think, uh, no. Actually, it used to be, but no, unfortunately, there aren't any more um, uh, Dick Smith stores around. So these days, we go to other stores like JCar. Okay. All right. Well, I thought I'd heard that name before. You'd mentioned yeah. it and mm-hmm. with electronics. And so there, there's a, a supermarket, too. Is that? No, no, no. It was owned by Woolworths, which was a supermarket chain. No, no. But, I mean, uh, that made the Aussie uh, 
Oh, sorry. That, that made the Ozomite. Oh, made the Ozomite. No, no, no. Ozomite, um, this Ozomite is actually owned by Dick Smith himself, so. Okay. The, yeah. How did you take it from him? That's. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> uh, no, well, uh, I didn't mean that literally. It's, uh, but, no, it's sold, but that is sold in supermarkets. Oh, okay. All right. You have to be very explicit. Yeah. <laughs> well, Emil, you've got, uh, you're not a Facebooker, really. You're more of a Google Plus kind of guy. And I think you've got um, a post from over there, don't you? I do. It is from our uh, Google Plus community uh, friend Matthew Lawson and uh, there you go you got the picture there uh, he says I had some fun testing some homebrew copper loops for 2 meters and 70 centimeters today this was near uh, Brennan Washington on Mount Craig he says they work pretty good and uh, now he wants to uh, stack them with, to get a little more gain and he said he even bounced off of Mount Rainier so with about 2 watts uh, with his FT817 so, I gotta I gotta say, just looking at the picture there, that the uh, the PVC is employed again, which is a cheap old man uh, approved and, and pre cheap old man Jimmy approved uh, material there. So, sounds like he's having some fun and on the cheap fronts as well. Well, is is copper allowed in the the cheap old man bylaws? No, just the PVC, like you said about your uh, T1s earlier. They're they're stealing the copper part because of its value these days. Any, anything with copper is, a, is a illegal technique. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's why I use pool noodles for my resonators, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll be back in just a minute because we've got uh, a lot more to go yet. For years, hams have relied on the world's most popular antenna analyzer, the MFJ259B. That compact battery-powered RF impedance analyzer combined four basic circuits, a 1.8 to 170 megahertz variable frequency oscillator, a frequency counter, a 50-ohm RF bridge, and an 8-bit microcontroller. Now the MFJ259 has been updated to the new MFJ259C. All the same great functions present in the 259B with an expanded frequency range. The MFJ259C covers all frequencies from 530 kHz to 230 MHz, allowing measurements all the way from the AM broadcast band through the 220 MHz amateur band. Make a wide variety of useful antenna impedance measurements, including coaxial cable loss and distance to an opener short. Primarily designed for analyzing 50-ohm antenna and transmission line systems, the MFJ259C also measures RF impedances between a few ohms and several hundred ohms. It also functions as a signal source and a frequency counter. The MFJ259C gives you a complete picture of your antenna's performance. Read antenna SWR and complex impedance, determine velocity factor, coaxial cable loss in dB, length of coax, and distance to a shorter opening feet. Read SWR, return loss, and reflection coefficient at any frequency simultaneously at a single glance. You can even read inductance and microhenries and capacitance and picofarads at RF frequencies. The large, easy-to-read two-line LC CD screen and side-by-side meters clearly display all the information you need. While a lot of new antenna analyzers have appeared in the market recently, none give you the flexibility and wide assortment of RF measurement capabilities the MFJ259C does. 
If you've been putting off getting an antenna analyzer, then you need to take a look at the new MFJ259C. Visit MFJEnterprises.com today. What are we doing next, Tommy? Well, I think we will look at my segment. Okay. I've got an interesting new toy in I want to show you. You do, yeah, and you actually brought that toy with you. I did, but I'll show it after the segment. Uh, I'm pretty excited about what I'm going to show you this month. I never thought that I'd take my DV Mega out of my D-Hat Mini Mega. Uh, but I'm going to take it out, at least temporarily, and uh, put it in a new board that we've got. I've got a new one here that's the daughter board for the DV Mega. But it's not really a daughter board. It's actually a host board. And it's called the Bluestack Micro Plus. And what this does is our DV Mega sits on top of this this thing enables bluetooth and you can use an android device to be the internet host and send commands to and from the dv mega we had to do a little modification this board will actually work as a serial device uh, so you can hook it up and use the uh, jonathan naylor's software or whatever to host your dv mega this board will also program the dv mega by having the button pushed in and enabling the serial port on it. So what, we, what we've got to do, my DV Mega is one of the oldest ones, one of the originals. It needs to have the firmware flashed on it. We can get the firmware from right here on the, on the uh, DV Mega site and the, the links below. Go down to the bottom and grab the one that says, if, if your radio is like mine. Mine is the Raspberry Pi model, single band radio. I'll go down here and find the one that says for Raspberry Pi based. So the single and the dual band models have the same firmware. So grab the firmware. We're going to need to flash the chip. So you get the program called Xloader. And then there's a nice little manual beside here that you can look at as well. So to enable the flashing of the firmware on the chip, I had to install a jumper wire from the back of this capacitor to this second pin on the bottom row here from the right. All that information is available in the manual. It shows the diagram. Of how it goes. I wasn't able to get mine under the my wire under the socket for the chip. So I ran mine on top. I think it'll be just fine like that. First thing we're going to need to do is mount the two boards together. Now I went ahead and took some nippers and nipped these four pins off right here the uh, best I could. But I'm going to take some of this blue, blue tape and put it on top of this switch because it's a little bit too close for comfort for me. That blue painter's tape will peel off easy enough. It won't leave any residue on there. So there's a standoff that came with the board to hold it off so I went ahead and effort to save time and I put it through one side of it through the blue stack board and let's hook the other one up and you can see well I hope you can that's pretty close right there so I feel a little bit better having that tape on that metal shield
it's good to go. So since this is a little radio, I'll go ahead and put our antenna on. Never want to power it up without uh, without there being an antenna. I don't I don't know that it would hurt it because it's such low power, but I'd rather be safe than to mess my nice DV Mega board. I'd be pretty lost without that. Okay, so now now that we've got all that taken care of, let's go ahead and try to burn the firmware to it. just takes a regular it just takes a regular micro USB cable now remember I already have the switch depressed on here to enable the serial port I plugged it up I hear the computer recognize the serial port and this first light immediately starts flashing. I went ahead and downloaded and unzipped those programs. There's my firmware and here's the XLoader program to actually load it. And we'll locate our firmware. We're connected. Let's uh, find the right COM port. This computer only has one and this board was recognized as COM3. It defaults to the right baud rate for the device my board requires the UNO device here. Um, you'll have to check on yours to see which one yours requires. But as you change these, you can see the baud rate changes based on the hardware that you choose. So let's go ahead and click Upload. And let's watch the lights and see what happens. Upload. It says it's uploading. I see some data going on here. You can see down here that the data was uploaded, completed. Uh, the the send and receive lights on the BlueStack board are not flashing any longer. So we can power that down. Okay, now that that's done, I had to regroup. I got rid of the computer because I think we're done with that for right now. And I went and got my portable battery because I want to be able to operate this thing remotely. So I'm going to use my battery here. Let's see if we can pair this thing up with the Android tablet. We're plugged up to the battery here and we've got power to our device. Being careful not to sit this on anything metal because our Bluetooth antenna is right here on the bottom. This looks like a good candidate for a box made with the 3D printer. So you may see one of those coming up sometime soon. Everything's all hooked up. I'm just going to slide it out of the way. You can find Blue Spot on the Play, Google Play Store. It's a free download. Uh, thanks to David for creating this for us. So what we need to do now is we need to pair our board with our Android tablet. So let's go ahead and do that. Okay, we're paired with our BlueStack board. The password was 1234, which is like most everything, it's either 1234 or 0000. Let's run our application and see what we can find. Apparently there's been an upgrade. So if I search for PA7 LIM, that brings it up. And there is Blue DV. So let's grab that. Yes, I will accept. And we'll just open it. 
Now let's see if we can do something. Okay, we're going to use REF D star. We'll try 30 Charlie. First of all, we need to put our information in, don't we? We need to put our call sign in. November 5, Zulu, November, Oscar. Okay, I've got my call. I've got Reflector 30 Charlie up here. I'm going to try to connect. It says our Bluetooth is disconnected. After you finish flashing it, be sure to push this button and make it out again to enable the Bluetooth on the device. I had a little trouble getting connected because of that. Okay, this button down here apparently connects to the Bluetooth. This connects to the reflector. So let's see what we got. Length of R E F zero three zero T. All right, we are connected. If you'll notice, I have no internet connection on this device directly. It's going through the internet on my tablet. Now that said, I can take this tablet and hook it up to the hotel Wi-Fi where you have those crazy logins where you have to put in a password or your room number and your name or whatever combination is at the hotel you're staying at. But then you can get on the internet from pretty much anywhere. Uh, the other nice thing is on my phone, I can use it to control the device or I can use the internet for my data plan on my phone to power it. So I don't have to worry about having a monitor now to log into anything. Um, that, that's a nice point. So we're going to play around with it a little bit and see how this thing works. But it's, I'm pretty excited about being able to travel with it. Here's a hint for the DHAP guys. Is, uh, a box to fit this would be really nice. Um, anyway, it's uh, another opportunity. But uh, really like my DHAP mini mega box. And I'll still use it some. I'll put the board back in. Either that or I'll order myself another DV mega board and uh, have one to travel and one for to use here at home anyway uh hope you enjoyed it and i'll uh, talk to you soon 73 so it's been a pretty cool little device man i, I went that ahead is. and i 3d printed me a box for it that that is nice man so it's got the little hold for the antenna the button that i showed you mm -hmm. and then the power I want to have it where I can just take the antenna off throw it in my suitcase. It's pretty nice because mm -hmm. all you do is just plug the battery up to here and sit it down, and, and it gets the internet off the Bluetooth connection. So it's pretty sweet. That's it. What's it? Is that a switch on the side? Yeah, that's the switch to uh, enable and disable the serial port. Okay. So you can hook it up to your computer mm -hmm. with the serial and use, like, uh, Jonathan Naylor's software through the serial device. And use it like that as well, but uh, I think I'm just going to use it over the Bluetooth. That's pretty cool. That's that's the smallest D Star repeater I've seen yet. Yep. And uh, this uh, the box I made. It's, it's not perfect. I tweaked it a little bit. Uh, mine's one of the old ones that has the antenna coming out of the side. But I made I designed the box with a hole on the top. And if you look for my call sign on uh, Thingiverse, uh, by the time the show airs, I'll have it. Uh, out there for you to download if you want to print your own or tweak it or whatever cool so. very neat project well while while we were watching that 
we got hungry, and Jocelyn had sent us something else from Cincinnati. These are Grippos. G-R-I-P-P-O-S. That is how you pronounce that, I think. Yeah. Barbecue flavored potato chips. They're, they're rather warm. One half pound. They're not just warm. They are downright hot. Uh, not, not that hot to me, but I, I can tell it's kind of burning my tongue up a well, little. Well, mine too. And then I poured this 100 proof beer on top of it and <laughs> it just kind of like cauterized it. Um, interesting potato chips, though. I'm, I, although my tongue is on fire, I find myself wanting to eat another one. I'm not sure yeah, what that's they, about. They, they've got mm-hmm. a different taste, but they're they're pretty good. They're just yep. kind of hot. Yep. Yep. Well, email, you got a video here, too, and I'm not sure how to take this one. Do you want <laughs> to set it up? Well, lately, George and Tommy have been having a lot of experiences that have been out of this world at the Ham Fest uh, in Huntsville and uh, just comparing some things I've found out through the episodes and uh, I guess it's really leading to this segment. Uh-oh. That's what they're saying over in the chat room there. I think everybody got this one. So, yep, C W. Awesome. Okay. specimens seem to have an uncanny ability to walk for long periods of times at a ham fest, I've noticed.
It's not too late. We can get him back. Y'all have to help me. Are you the real George? Uh oh. <laughs> Where's Emil? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's the real me, but after eating these grippos here, I'm not completely sure. Well, if you finish drinking that, you probably won't be able to prove it either. Yeah, true. <laughs> well, it looks like we lost Emil on that one. Um, <laughs> not sure where Emil went. I guess he must have got taken as well. Yeah. Tell you what, let's get a message from ICOM. We'll come back and uh, maybe we need to send out the Cajun Navy to look for him. <laughs> September is National Preparedness Month. Set some time aside and review your emergency communications plan for air, land, or sea. Make sure your ICOM equipment is ready to go for any situation. ID5100A has taken innovation and mobility to the next level. With its touchscreen and internal GPS, this radio is a must-have while assessing a situation. The large 5.5-inch display responds naturally to the touch. DVDV Dual Watch receives both FM-FM and FMDB mode signals simultaneously. Show your position, course, and speed with the integrated GPS receiver. And the optional VS3 Bluetooth headset provides hands-free communication. Connect your Android to ICOM's most popular dual-band transceiver, the ID51A+. Filled with enhanced functions and digital features, you won't want to be without this handheld communication solution. Send and receive text messages and photos. Transfer data 3.5 times faster with DV Fast Data Mode. Communicate with the touch of your fingertips. Perfect for small spaces, the IC7100 is the ideal D-Star option for wherever you may be. Angled control head and touchscreen for quick intuitive operation, large internal speaker for clear digital audio, and it's perfect for multiband and all-mode communications. Get more information on all the great ICOM radios at icomamerica.com amateur. Okay. <laughs> Which Emil are you? Um, I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> From Emil 2.0? <laughs> Could be a clone. A clone. I do see something here in the picture. We need to keep an eye on that. Uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. What's see what I'm rope? talking about? <laughs> My G5RV rope. Oh, by the way, speaking of conspiracy theories, did you guys see the... Uh, the latest launch of SpaceX that actually blew up on the pad. I uh, heard about it. Yeah. 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 But uh, there's a whole lot of conspiracy theories surrounding that. Uh, most of them, non uh, well, all of them non nonsense, but uh, uh, just, uh, uh, yeah, most unfortunate for Elon Musk, though, that uh, the, that the, uh, the, the, was it a Falcon 9 blew up on the pad um, you know, and they, they can't, at least they haven't said why, why it occurred as yet. Yeah, that was a shame. Yeah, you know, Tommy, I mean, George and Tommy, I, I can honestly say this time I had nothing to do with it, unlike the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I said earlier the show is going to be out of this world, and I think you started something there. 
You got to be careful with those Super Bowl uh, comments because the statute of limitations hadn't passed on that yet. (laughs) (laughs) I I just couldn't help myself with that one, George, just because of the uh, that little footage when you were panning the camera up the uh, wire. I saw that it had to be an airplane, at least as far as I know. But you know, the way it just crossed the path of that was perfect. (laughs) Yeah, it was. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that. That's what it was. It's over Who knows? flight path. So. We'll never know. Nope. Or will we? <laughs> I'll never tell. Yeah. <laughs> well, you don't see it on the uh, Google Plus group that or Google Plus community that much because the, this particular group of guys I'm thinking about here don't post on there. They generally post on the Facebook uh, group. And there's been a lot going on in there with these Pico balloons. Oh, yeah. You know, the little Mylar party yeah, balloons. Yeah, those things are pretty awesome. Well, I ran into one of those guys while I was in Huntsville, Bill Brown. Oh, yeah. And he had one with him that oh. he had just built. And Oh, very cool. I'm uh, fascinated by those things. We, we got a chance to talk about it. Cool. Well, I've got Bill Brown, WB8ELK here, who is big into the Pico balloons and all that sort of thing. I see you posting stuff all the time. Bill, tell me, what what have you got here at Huntsville? Well, uh, we've been flying high-altitude balloons for many, many years. Um, in fact, the sky is not the limit as far as amateur radio goes because we send them up into the stratosphere, uh, 100,000 feet or more. But lately I've been flying, those are usually six-pound or under payloads. Uh, I've developed an APRS transmitter that's totally solar-powered, that is small enough to fly on a, one of those foil happy birthday balloons. And so that's this amazing. is it. I call it the Sky Tracker. It weighs approximately 11 grams. Wow, and that and that's a, a super thin board I, I buy that too. from the board itself. I designed it in Eagle, and I uh, hand-soldered it all with a magnifying glass. My old tired eyes need yeah. a big magnifying glass nowadays, but... Tell me about what you've got on here. Uh, I've got a, a GPS receiver. Uh, it's made by U-Blocks. That little white thing above the GPS receiver is actually a GPS antenna. And then I've got a Atmel 328 processor, the same as they use in the Arduino uh, yeah. development systems. In fact, I use the Arduino development system to program this. And then I have a little uh, DAC chip that produces the tones for APRS. 1200 baud uh, tones mm-hmm. uh, at a 1200 baud rate and then I have a synthesizer that produces a whopping 20 milliwatts of RF power on 2 meter band uh, on APRS frequency and it's at frequency agile so if it flies far enough to go to Europe it'll switch to the European APRS frequency if it goes to China it'll go to the Chinese frequency and the same for Japan so it's all frequency agile where's your battery pack? there is no battery pack this is totally solar powered. I have two thin film power solar cells to run this. Looks like a little mini weather satellite, actually. And uh, I'm using a guitar string for the antennas, for the dipole antennas, the vertical dipole. And believe it or not, even though I'm competing with 50 watt APRS stations that are beaconing constantly in some major cities. 20 milliwatts is all you need because it's a very short burst 
And somebody at an altitude of where this flies, this particular one will fly around 30,000 feet. Uh, at that altitude, somebody somewhere is going to have a ground station that picks up the signal. I've designed this to be about 11 grams, which is light enough to fly on a party balloon, one of those big 36-inch happy birthday miler. I use a silver one because it's a little bit better for solar reflectivity. And how, do you, how far do you think a party balloon would fly if you just let one go? You know, that is a very good question, and uh, I don't know the answer to that. I know the balloons that, that they fly around my area are much, much bigger than that, and they only get a few hours out of them. What, what can you get out of a party balloon? Uh, the first, one of the first flights I've done launched from my backyard in Huntsville, Alabama. Flew for six days crossed the Atlantic in 32 hours, and ended up in Sweden. Wow. And it was all tracked by APRS stations. In fact, a Swedish ham magazine did a little story on it, because they noticed it pop up in uh, near Stockholm. Uh, and then I flew another one that went to Morocco and made it as far as uh, the Middle East. And uh, several other people are flying different uh, designs like this. There's probably a dozen of us around the world that are designing micro trackers like this and some have actually gone around the world so it, i guess it's primarily going to be operating during the day uh since it's solar, solar powered only is daytime only but that by eliminating the batteries uh you really save on the weight although i do have a small uh lipo battery that i put on here it weighs about four grams it'll fly at a much lower altitude but it'll work at, for a few hours at night after sunset and you're talking, just so we got scale in mind here, you're just talking about one of these kind of flat pillow-shaped... Yeah, a flat pillow-shaped uh, party balloon that cost about $3 and about a cubic foot of helium. Just a, one of those little party balloon tanks that you can buy at the stores at uh, Dollar General or Walmart. They're about 25 bucks for one of those tanks. We'll f- fly two or three of these missions. So... Um, but this is, I call this the Sky Tracker, and it'll also do HF. I can do Whisper with this mode. And all I have to do is change the programming on the synthesizer and the output filter, and I can run 20-meter um, Whisper, 20 milliwatts. And I've flown this on a balloon as well, and you can get tracking clear across the ocean in real time. And it was actually heard on the other side of the world in Perth, Australia, during one of the flights on 20 milliwatts. But uh, it's amazing what you can do with super, super QRP, QRPP. That, I call it QRPPP. <laughs> <laughs> that is super low power and, and super lightweight. Yeah. So what do you think it, it costs you to put one of these rigs together and to fly it, the whole, well, whole the expense? Well, the biggest cost, of course, is in the board and the components. It's uh, over $100 for this part. But the big savings, when you do a regular latex uh, high-altitude balloon flight, you're paying about $120 for a large weather balloon. But you get your payloads back. Uh, In this case, our balloon weighs uh, about uh, $3. So you're saving on the uh, cost of the, uh, the balloon itself. Uh, but you may not get this back if it ends up in Sweden or some other part of the world or the ocean. So I've lost quite a, a number of them in the ocean. 
Well, Bill, that, that's amazing. How, how often do you do this? Uh, probably about a couple times a month. Oh, that often? Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been doing a lot of test flights of the new, and refining my design. So I know, I know other people are going to want to track this when you launch one. Where can they go to, to get the information and know when the launches are going to be and what frequencies and well, modes to a, use? Uh, an announcement page called rhab.org, A-R-H-A-B dot O-R-G, and that's where a lot of people post their flights when they go up. And uh, my website is wb8elk.com, and uh, I can post some information there as well. But if you go to the regular APRS tracking sites like APRS.fi, and you enter wb8elk uh, dash whatever number, you can do an asterisk and see what flights are current. Uh, This one's going to be dash three when it goes up sometime this week. I was going to fly it today at the Huntsville Ham Fest, but uh, we have a lot of liquid sunshine today, and uh, it doesn't take much to negate the uh, three grams of lift, because that's all I have on this is about three grams of lift. So once the balloon gets wet, it's going to come down. We had a flight uh, about two weeks ago where it was going through clouds, and it would go up and down in altitude. It was bobbing up and down like this. But it finally did achieve its float altitude and headed out to the Atlantic. Wow, so if you launch one of those party balloons, it's no telling where it may end up eventually. Well, we had one go west. This time of year, the jet stream can loop around, and we had one go from, uh, I launched one from Texas, and it went clear to California. Wow. It it was last heard over Baja, California. Well, Bill, I appreciate you showing this to us. It's, uh, It's really amazing that you can take something this small, this lightweight, design it all yourself, build it yourself. It's got GPS, all these other modes of of data and tracking on it. doesn't take a battery, and you're going to fly it on just a little Mylar party Mm -hmm. balloon. And they'll stay up for a week or more. Wow. All right. Thanks, Bill. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. That's some pretty awesome stuff pretty amazing isn't it it is mm. I, I saw on uh, facebook I, I think it's another guy that actually posted it but i think they work on these together mm-hmm. and uh I, I wish i i'm just drawing a blank i it's know it's alan name. and i can't pronounce his yeah. last anyway they saw they heard their own after it went all the way around the world and it came back across and they actually heard it on those after it had circled the earth one time that's that's pretty cool that is mm. pretty amazing Peter, I know you were talking about some ballooning at one point. Did you ever make any headway on that? I'm still working on it. It's um, it's sort of a little project I've I've had on the side. Um, uh, I, I'm just uh, I've run into a few difficulties. So in that, um, uh, first of all, to make something go around the world, you really need to use Whisper Mode, and uh, so there, there's a few programming challenges with that, which I've overcome. Uh, the other thing is just getting it under 50 grams for just uh, myself has actually been quite difficult. And I'm just staggered that um, uh, Bill was able to get it down to 11. So I might have to have a word with Bill and see if I can get a, um off-the-shelf product from him and uh, I might go and uh, fly one of his. Yeah, he mentioned a website on there that, uh, you know, you could... I think it was WB8ELK.com, I think. Yeah, yeah. and then there was another one prior... Yeah, but I don't know that you'll see them for sale there, but 
I think he he maybe does sell a few of them, or or might would hook you up. Wouldn't hurt to ask, I guess. It is an incredibly thin little PC board, though. I yeah, mean, it, it looks it looks like a really cool. nice design. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Most of the time, you know, uh, just to give you an idea, the little GPS alone, right, uh, the ones I, I've been using uh, weigh more than uh, 11 grams. Uh, so, you know, that's just the GPS. And then you've got things like uh, if you're using a lithium-ion battery, well, that can easily be another yeah. 10 grams. But he's done. he's gone the solar route, which is, yeah. which is not bad. The only downside with his, um, his setup will be that it'll only transmit at night. But um, you know, if you just want to track a balloon over a very long period of time, that's that's actually quite good. Yeah, it'll only transmit during the day. Mm. But oh, sorry, sorry, in during the day. Yeah. My apologies. I think he's been playing with some supercapacitors though that would give him a little bit of um, a little bit of dark dark time mm. usage with it. But uh, yeah, what did he say? Three grams of lift? Yeah, on a balloon. That's not much at all. No, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Well, uh, I appreciate. Oh, I should point out something about balloons. By the way, you um, you can't fill them right up. You only have to fill them, say, half, because as they rise up through the atmosphere, they expand. So if you fill them up too much, they'll explode. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about our giveaway, Tommy. We mentioned it earlier in the show. Sorry. I know some people have already registered. Well, a lot of people have registered. But there's going to be more who want to get in on yeah, this Yeah, if you have it, pay, uh, pay attention here and get in on it. Yep, here's where you need to go right here. It's amateurlogic.tv slash contest. You get all the official rules, regulations, and details about what we've got here. Let's talk about the prizes first. We've got the ICOM IC7300 software-defined HF radio. Yep, beautiful rig. Color touch screen. Super nice. This is one of the exact ones that we used at Field Day this year. Yeah. And um, outstanding performer. I, you know, I I can't say enough good stuff about this type of display here where you've got the band scope on there. And this one is a real-time band scope. I mean, you're seeing those signals in real time. Mm-hmm. There are some other radios out there that have a band scope on it, but that's... That's not true. I mean, you're not seeing all those frequencies in real time on, mm-hmm. on some of them. This one you do. It's a good, uh, they call it an entry-level radio. To me, it's uh, it's more than entry-level. I mean, it's, I would think so. it's pretty nice. Uh, USB port on it, so if you want to do digital modes, you don't need a uh, any kind of sound device or... Yep. Um, just plug it in with the USB cable, load the software into your computer, and you're ready to go. Good to go. Uh, great rig. We've had a lot of fun with them. And uh, unfortunately, well, not unfortunate for one of you. <laughs> Somebody's going to win yeah. this one right yeah, here. Unfortunately, we got to give this one up. Yeah. we got some other stuff, though, that's got to go with it. If, uh, if you're going to have a radio... You're probably going to need a power supply, and tell us about yeah. that one there, Tom. Yeah, this is the uh, MFJ. I, don't, I can't see the model number. I believe this is a 30-amp switching power supply. It's got the meter on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very nice little compact supply, very small. As a matter of fact, yeah. if one of mine dies, this is probably what I'm going to be... Re- actually, it is what I'm going to be replacing it with. I'm actually using one of these right now, and uh, I've been real pleased with it. I've been using it over, over a year. 
probably a couple of years, and I take one just exactly like that to field day every year, yeah. too. So one of my power supplies is about twice the size of this rig. No, no, man. <laughs> my tw- one of my old 20-amp Astrons. Really? Is, yeah, it's huge like that. It's got the meters on the front of it. Yeah. And it's only 20 amp. Of course, I've got the uh, that other one like you've got over there that's about maybe three times the size yeah, of this. Switching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, switching. Nice, very nice compact power supply. You've got an antenna there too, don't I you? I do. I've got a MFJ. I believe this is 40 meter off-center fed dipole. Uh, I believe it covers uh, 6, 10, 20, 20 and 40. And 40 meters, yeah. yeah. I believe that's it. And, uh, actually, I'm using one like this at home. Been real happy with it. And you might be able to actually, since the radio's got a built-in auto tuner, you might can tune, um, you know, some of the other bands in between there as well with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I've done that too on a few of them. Mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly which ones, but you can. And of course, we like the off-center fed dipole antennas because they're so convenient. Um, Maybe they don't perform as good as if you had five different dipoles hung out there, but uh, you know most of us don't have yeah, room for yeah. that. If you live on a city lot like we do, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's really an ideal solution. I'm, yeah. I'm very happy with it. Like, yeah. like I say, as a matter of fact, I've got pretty much this antenna, yeah, and uh, it's done done really well for yeah. me. Multiple bands on a single antenna. Yeah. Of course, you're going to have to hook that to the radio. So we've got a uh, hundred feet of RG8X here, also courtesy MFJ. It already comes with the coax connectors installed here, but uh, and, and these will work fine. But just to kind of sweeten the pot here, Tommy, what have we got there? We for got them? two from the George and Tommy private collection: the gold PL motherload, gold PL two fifty nines, and you all know you want these. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'd put them on my coax, but. You know, they're a collector's item. But, but you can just set them up there and even look at them. Yep. Mm-hmm. Shiny. They are shiny. It's just bling. <laughs> bling. Just sit it around wherever you want to dress something up. Are those um, Tommy signed nose ring editions? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I won't, only wore them twice. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go over the um, qualifications and how you enter real quick first. You have to be a licensed U.S. or Canadian amateur radio operator with the U.S. or Canadian shipping address. Only one entry per contestant. Sending more than one entry disqualifies the applicant. And the winner is responsible for any taxes that may be incurred. Uh, The winner agrees to the use of his or her call sign and name in promotional and news items related to the contest. And contestants must not be an employee or affiliate of Amateur Logic, ICOM, or MFJ Enterprises. Hey, George, how do I enter? How do you enter? Well, you send an email to contest2016 at amateurlogic.tv with only your call sign in the subject line. Include your name call sign, class of license, and address in the email message body, and only enter one time. Very important. Very, very important. Yep. If you enter more than once, you'll be disqualified. Uh, How long do they have, Tommy? Well, submissions must be made between Thursday, August the 25th, and Thursday, October the 11th of 2016. So that means you've got just about a month left from the date that we're shooting this. Yep. Uh, how we're going to select a winner? Well, it's going to be with a uh, random number drawing. Uh, each entry gets a number generated whenever it's entered. We'll do a drawing 
uh, among that pool of numbers. And the winner will be announced on the October 15th episode of AmateurLogic.tv. If we determine that the winning entry doesn't meet the, um, the qualification requirements, another winner will be chosen by the same method. And where can they get the contest rules and regulations, Tommy? You can get them at www.amateurlogic.tv forward slash contest. And one other thing you said was important last time we talked about it. Void where prohibited. We're not sure. Wherever that may be. Yeah. If there's any place. But mm-hmm. if it is, void. It's void. Yep. Null and void. Uh, somebody's going to get a great setup here. You know, we've been fortunate that ICOM has gone with us every year to put this contest together for the last few years. Yeah, and MFJ. And MFJ. So, uh, you know, this one's, hey, this is going to really be sweet here. Yeah, it's a nice rig. I've I've got one at the house I've been playing with. I love that thing. It's really nice. The DSP oh, yeah. on it is really awesome for a rig of that that price. Mm-hmm. It's It's really amazing. Well, you know, I use an IC7700 as my HF base rig. It's about twice the size of that radio. Mm -hmm. Um, But this one sounds very similar and operates very, very similar to it. So uh, I was right at home with it during field day. Cool. Well, let's see. We got a couple more emails to go here. Emails or emails? Uh, No, he didn't read an email. This time, email didn't read an email. Okay, okay. They read a Google Plus. Community. I'll take, I'll do one for you, one email for you, Emil. This is actually from my buddy that supplied us with the brewskis and the chipskis. Oh yeah, the brewskis and the chipskis. <laughs> Jocelyn. Uh, Jocelyn. Uh, yeah, I knew his name. I just didn't. Know, can't remember the call. KD8VRX, uh, otherwise known, aka Chris's dad. Mm-hmm. Okay. Supplier of Grippo's barbecue potato chips. And fine brewskis. <laughs> okay. He says, oh, hi, guys. I wanted to share our field day pie server setup with you guys in the audience if you feel so inclined. First, why not even come up with the idea? Our club, WC8VOA, uh, that's actually from the Voice of America site we did mm-hmm. the special on, uh, runs the N3FJP field day logging software in network mode. Lots of members bring their own computers and laptops, and some don't stay the whole event, so making one of the stations a server didn't make sense. We thought of using desktop, but why not use something small, lightweight, low-power consumption, and cheap? That's got your name on it, Emil. Uh, The N3FJP software requires a shared folder to store the database log. That's perfect for the Raspberry Pi. And uh, he sent a sent a nice picture there about it. And he goes into a lot of details about some of the uh, the things he's using: eight gig card, USB micro, uh, USB cable, and so forth. But uh, anyway, it's a pretty simple, nice little setup. And uh, anyway, he says I wanted to share my success with everyone at AmateurLogic.tv. And I think he he sent that because we talked about the mm-hmm. problems we had with our logging this time. Yeah. And I mentioned possibly writing something to right. run on the Pi and make it a little server like that. But he sent this information. So uh, sometime between now and next field day, I need to try to investigate yeah. investigate that. Maybe we can get it set up somewhere. That would be cool. It'd be, it'd be right in it. It would be. Yeah. So anyway, appreciate that, Jocelyn. And uh, appreciate these two. Oh, yeah. The invisible and, beers. And this, although my tongue is on fire right now. I think Cincinnati is the only place you can get beer like that that's that transparent. Yeah. And uh, and potato chips that are deceptively hot. 
Yeah, they're really hot. Well, I got one more email here, Tommy, and this one comes from Tom. You remember our buddy Tom, don't you? I do remember Tom. Tom was out of of this world. Yeah, sharpest dressed guy at the Alien Jerky Store. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's the guy. Yeah, he said, uh, "Hi guys, I was uh, tied up last weekend and couldn't watch the live stream. Just watched the episode." Uh, thanks a lot for featuring my pictures. That was great. I'm glad you enjoyed them. I hope they inspire more people to send in pictures of them wearing their shirts, and, and I hope it does, yeah, too. Yeah, me, too. George, you did pretty good on pronouncing my last name. And, yeah, I remember um, I was unsure about how to pronounce mm-hmm. that. A lot of people have trouble with it. It's actually pretty easy. It's... Apollinic. I think that's how you, that's what he said, isn't it? Yeah, Apollinic. Okay. So, uh, thanks for that, Tom. Uh, Oh, there was one problem, though. He says, uh, now his wife has started calling him Tim, uh, (laughs) because that's what George was calling him toward the end of the episode. (laughs) I guess... (laughs) Three letters and it started with a T. Yeah. You know. You're part of the way there. Yeah. (laughs) Really do appreciate you sending the pictures. They were pretty awesome. Yeah. Great show as always. The Northern (laughs) Cuisine Sampling was a lot of fun. Tom, W-A-2-I-V-D. Tom, uh, yeah, thanks again for those pictures. They were great. Yeah. You know, they were just set up with the type of nonsense that our audience really yeah. goes oh, for. Oh, yeah. The, the the pictures and the write-ups were just perfect, right on target. Yep. So, well, anyway, if you're wearing your Amateur Logic swag around, take a selfie of yourself and shoot it to us, and a uh, good chance you'll make it on the show. Yep. Tommy and I are taking some right now, aren't you, Tommy? I am. I know I every am. T- every, yeah, twice a month. Yep. <laughs> oh, Peter is Peter? too. Peter? Yeah, Peter. Oh, no, Bill. That's Emil? Get a Sharpie. <laughs> that's, the, oh, well. that's the cheap old man amateur logic shirt. <laughs> I'm so cheap I won't even buy swag. Where can you get one of those if you want one, Tommy? You can get one at amateurlogic.spreadshirt.com. We've okay. got am- amateur logic and ham college shirts on there. Both of them. Yep. And multiple both, colors. Both types of shirts. Yep. And in different sizes, too. Yeah, different sizes and colors. Oh. Thanks for being here, everyone. 7-3, and yep. we'll Se- see you again next month. 7-3, everybody. Just do to the air conditioner. It won't, <laughs> it won't turn off. No. I, I hit a button. I thought it said mute, but it says mode. Oh, uh, did it mute the air conditioner? No, it didn't mute it. <laughs>